it's 2009 and I'm attempting to bankrupt myself with a book. It's not a rare book, it's not even an expensive book, about £25 if you buy it in hardcover or about 20 quid if you get the paperback. The book is Europe by Norman Davies and it, it's an absolute bloody whopper, 2,300 pages. It's also weighty, not in the sense that it weighs a tonne, which it does, but because I can get through maybe one or two pages at a time before my head is so stuffed with interesting questions that I have to go spend the rest of the day on Wikipedia. This incredibly slow speed of reading is the source of my problems, that and the fact that it isn't my book. I mean, God, if it was my book, that would be great. The perfect timeline. But no, this is the dark mirror universe where I did the wrong thing, which was... I got it from the library, on a two-week loan, and that was ten years ago. Look, in my defence, okay, I don't have a defence, but my explanation is that I borrowed it, and then shortly after, I went to university to study archaeology. This was in the city of York, about two or three hours away by bus. And the few times that I had the chance to go back home for a few days, it was only for the weekend, when I'd think, oh no, it's Friday night, the library doesn't open on a Saturday and I'm going back to York on Sunday night I'll just have to return the bloody thing another time and so in the way that they do the years passed now it's 2009 I'm living in York now but I'm back in my hometown for the summer and I've decided at long last to do the right thing the furiously passive-aggressive letters from the town council stopped after about the second year and I haven't entered the library or indeed any library in East Yorkshire just in case for eight years and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of always hurrying past with my head down. I'm sick of making excuses to my mum when she asked me if I could hand in her own library books. Look, mum, I'm really, really busy, so I'll have to throw them through the door. Could you put them in a bag? And I'm sick of feeling like the very worst kind of criminal. A criminal who steals from public libraries, where basically everything is already free, but that's just not good enough for someone like me, is it? I have to go and steal the free book so nobody else can have it. After about ten years of this, I'm verging on hysteria. This thing has become like the Ring of Sauron. I don't care if I have to throw it and myself into a lake of lava as long as it's just gone. So I'm going to enter the library and tell my story and accept the punishment. I've already worked out what the punishment is, by the way. At the standard 30p a day fine for overdue books, I owe East Riding Libraries around £1,100. This would be fine if I had £1,100, but I don't. I work at the University of York in a print shop, and I get paid just enough money to keep my bank balance at the limit of its maximum overdraft, only alleviated by my income from a little freelance writing work I'm squeezing into my spare time, of which I have none. It's a situation that gives me no hope of ever raising £1,100 and I'm presuming that if they ask, I'll just have to go to prison. Fine, at least I won't have to eat any more of my own cooking. So I walk in, or I try to because the doors have changed and I just kind of fight the wrong one for a while until someone uses it to exit the library and I sneak through before it closes again. By now everyone's looking at me, so I'm guessing there won't be any problems describing my face to the police. I go up to the main desk and start to mumble out a confession. What was the title again? says the library's desk clerk. Europe by Norman Davies, I spit out with self-loathing. You can't miss it. You'd have had a gap in one of your shelves, or maybe an empty shelf. 
Well, there's no record, I'm afraid. No record of you either, Mr. Cowdung. I don't correct him, just in case he pulls up the correct name and it's marked shoot on site. But that's not surprising after the upgrade. Upgrade? Oh, yes, marvellous it is. All the East Yorkshire libraries are now organised around a centralised computer network called the East Coast Computerised Logistical Electronic Systematic Collection and Keepership Edifice, or Eccles Cake, which keeps everything running smoothly. We don't need to issue fines nowadays. No, the computer identifies likely suspects, or pre-finers, and then the police drop in to check how far through the books they are. It's elegant and it's progressive. And according to Eccles Cake, you don't actually exist. And neither does that book you're holding. Isn't that grand? That said, we do have a collection box for the East Riding Home for Disadvantaged Sheep, so if you'd like to leave a donation. But I've gone by this point, first unsuccessfully using the wrong door, and then finally out into the open again, into freedom, with the rest of my life ahead of me. At this point, I really fell in love with public libraries. Certainly my time at university helped. Not only were we using the University of York's massive, endless J.B. Morrell library and various academic archives dotted around the city, we also used York's main library, which has archives of all sorts of stuff on microfilm that go back centuries. But being allowed back into the library where I grew up, even though I wasn't technically not allowed, was a major tipping point. Libraries are extraordinary places, if you think about it. Anyone is allowed in as long as they're quiet enough, which should be a rule basically everywhere, if you ask me. They're not trying to sell you anything, except maybe library membership, which is either free or laughably cheap. And it's not really socially weird to spend all day in them. You can even do other things there if you're quiet, and as long as those things are themselves socially acceptable. Libraries aren't just great for writers. They are, for most people, amazing places to just go and think. And they're also popular. In the UK, about a third of the population visits a library at least once a year. In the US in 2019, there were 174 million registered library card holders, just over half of everyone. At the same time, working in a library is really hard. You only have to read Anne Helen Peterson's recent newsletter, The Librarians Are Not OK, to understand the situation in the States. And I'm sure it's no different over here too. Although I don't think Britain currently has a problem with people trying to ban books. You know, that thing that really goes according to the plan of the people doing the banning. Tip for book marketers. If you want your work to be read for at least the next half century and probably a lot longer, get it banned. You'll thank me later. So, libraries are awesome. And I'm British and we don't ever use the word awesome, but libraries are. And one great thing they can do for you is to help you do research. Now, this is a really interesting word. The dictionary says it's the systematic investigation into and study of materials and sources in order to establish facts and reach new conclusions. Now, since the start of the pandemic, a new definition has come into popular use. Some idiot on his or her phone watching endless insane conspiracy theory riddled YouTube videos while they're sat on the toilet. I'm sure you've seen all the memes on this, I don't need to elaborate. Obviously, some of this ridicule is justified when you see someone on Twitter who has tweeted 150,000 times since 2010 and who has 16 followers and they're yelling pseudoscientific facts in a really aggressive way at a scientist who've worked in the forefront of that scientific field in question for the last 50 years some eye-rolling is understandable. Or even better, some complete and utter ignoring. Last week on his newsletter, science writer Phil Plate 
defined this as LMG TFY questions, meaning let me Google that for you. Stuff that can easily be answered by typing it into Google or stuff that can easily be thoroughly debunked by an equally simple Google search query. You have to ask yourself, if this yelling person hasn't done that, why? Sometimes it's because someone just wants to make a human connection with one of their heroes. But if they're loud and angry, the usual answer to this is they don't care what's right or wrong. They just want the meaningless, pointless thrill of enticing you into a fight on social media. But then all of this got turned into a kind of shame about using the word research. Oh really, you've been doing your research, have you? With the implication that you've copied and pasted your thinking from some wellness influencer on Instagram. But this can feel really unfair because it includes anyone who is doing any level of reading on something that they haven't made a professional career around, which includes almost all of us. It certainly includes enthusiasts like me writing newsletters like this, trying to convey the fun of this stuff in a hopefully credible way without mangling the facts too much in the service of a good story. So I was really grateful to hear the journalist Ed Yong, who talked about all this in a big Twitter Spaces discussion late last year. Ed has been writing about the human cost of the pandemic over at The Atlantic, where he's a staff writer. And last year, his incredible work won him the Pulitzer Prize for explanatory reporting richly deserved. It's some of the best science writing you could ever read, except for, well, other work by Ed Yong. What a hero. In the discussion, which was about the impact of long COVID, another journalist was curling their lip at the idea of members of the public doing their own research, and Ed pushed back. He noted that many of the people who had contacted him with questions had done not only the right kind of reading, but also arguably more reading than many currently overworked doctors when it came to the most recent scientific papers coming out about this new and debilitating condition. And most of those members of the public were sufferers of long COVID, who were at home, trying to recover, and having lots of free time on their hands. So they were ploughing that time into doing research of a credible kind, sifting through the latest data, trying to understand it, and trying to come up with better questions that might help them when they approach medical professionals for further help, or when they sent those questions to people like Ed Yong. This kind of citizen research is, in its non-twisted form, a really good thing, and it really shouldn't be looked down upon. You can also spot it because it frequently displays two commendable traits. It's self-questioning, like, I don't know if this is right or not, or even, I don't know. Which, how often do you hear that online? And also, it's self-correcting. When the person discovers they're probably or definitely wrong, they step up and they admit it, and they correct themselves publicly, explaining why and how they were wrong. That stuff really is gold when you see it. You know, bravo. So now that libraries are opening up again, well, firstly, go use them. They're fantastic. And secondly... If you're in there, curiously nerding out over something that interests you and making your own notes and building your own understanding of it, yes, you're doing research. There is no shame in trying to understand something better, even if you start by knowing nothing about that thing, which is a very fun place to start, quite frankly. I've made my entire newsletter around it. It doesn't mean you're Ed Yong. It doesn't mean that you deserve a teaching position at a university or deserve anything, really. And you're going to have to work really hard to do some original research but you are engaged in research and if you're sharing your findings in the right way for the right reasons primarily to just get other people excited about them same way you are and with the right kind of respectful open to correction attitude and an awareness of your limitations the limitations of your understanding how is that bad it isn't bring it on and with that in mind 
I need to go do a bit more reading for the second half of my mid-Atlantic trench write-up so that I can have lunch and then throw myself in the sea. It's finally getting warm enough to go swimming here in Scotland. Hope you have a grand weekend. Cheers. <laughs>